When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to the Beaver Sports Podcast, presented by the Fearless Campaign in partnership with Toyota. Here are your hosts, Mike Parker and John Warren. Welcome into this week's edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. Mike Parker and John Warren, honored to be joined by one of the great golfers in the modern era at Oregon State, Carson Berry. We'll get an update from Carson on the, the young start of the season and wind everywhere. We'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, we do want to thank our local Toyota dealers and your local Toyota, uh, Toyota dealers for creating the first official fan club for your favorite pets, Benny's Buddies. Each member gets an official social media filter, and Toyota and Oregon State are giving away collars, tickets, leashes, treats, toys, and much, much more. Sign up your pet today at osubeavers.com slash bennysbuddies.com. Carson, thanks for taking time for us as we catch you midweek, uh, early in March, and this uh, will be posted and run for a while, so I don't want to date ourselves too much, but your next event will be in Bandon Dunes. Is the biggest goal for you, your teammates, and everybody just to be able to complete a tournament? You run into some wild weather conditions, it sounds like, here early. 
Yeah. Uh, first off, thanks for having me, yeah. Mike. But yeah, the, it's been a crazy start to spring season. Um, went all the way to Hawaii, didn't be able to get to compete due to the winds. Um, we're able to finish our tournament prestige uh, in Palm Springs, uh, even with some wind complications down there. Uh, but it would be nice just to have a one fall tournament with uh, some ideal playing conditions, hopefully here soon. How do you find those conditions generally? At Bandon Dunes, would you call them, quote, ideal, unquote, or do you know you probably run into some wind there, too? Yeah, uh, I mean, you never know what you're going to get out there, so you're kind of always preparing for it. It's unknown when you're going to Bandon. Uh, but that's kind of part of the fun of the place. Um, you know, those courses are designed for um, some crazy weather, and it's kind of part of the fun. And when you're playing college golf and tournaments like that, and if you can kind of use it to your advantage and say, I'm going to be ready for anything, um, you can almost count out half the field because they'll be um, moaning or complaining that the weather is too hard. And uh, But, I mean, it's tough out there for sure, and uh, we just try to use it to the best of our advantage. John Warren, along with Mike Parker, on this week's edition of the OSU Beaver Sports Podcast. The, the one and only time I ever played band in Dunes, it was in a January situation with sideways rain and wind, and yet, if you're dry, it wasn't bad. You, you know, you can get the, the shots to go even into the wind if you have to. It just, it just seemed like it worked. Have you had uh, a lot of experience with that? Yeah, it's definitely doable out there. Um, I think as a fifth-year senior now, I've had a lot of experience with it. Um, we've had a couple nasty conditions at Bandon, um, even over the last couple of years, we had We've had some nasty wind, and even this winter, we've had a pretty rough winter here in Corvallis. Um, And we just try to use the best of our advantage. The more experience you can get in it, the more comfortable it is, and the easier it is to compete in those type of conditions. Yeah, speaking of conditions, what kind of workouts have you guys been able to get in here in Corvallis at Tristine Tree, or even using your indoor facility? Yeah, we've had to be pretty flexible with it so far this spring. Um, Been trying to use the indoor the best for advantage. We had another heading day in there so we can have a couple guys going at a time. Um, we've had to just be pretty flexible with uh, maybe some late starts of practice in the late afternoons, trying to um, cram as much as we can in. But really, I think the biggest message we've been preaching to our guys um, is just get as much work as we can, like individually, um, outside of our team requirements because, you know, that's good. that's what's going to push us um, over the hump and be able to reach regionals and reach nationals on the team again. Carson Berry joining us. Carson, with respect to the prestige, which you mentioned, one year to the next, it's unbelievable in a sense that the sport of golf, how difficult it is and how unpredictable it can be. Last year, you finished second there. This year, do you chalk it up to, hey, it was just the conditions were such, I don't know how you feel about one year to the next. It doesn't mean everything but what did what does the experience mean to you finishing second there last year compared to what you encountered this spring yeah um i think you know let's kind of just talk about so hey it's golf it's a bad tournament um and that's kind of how i approached it with our coaches um obviously last year was awesome played really well in some tough conditions down there it's a tough golf course and you know it's always nice to go back to a place you've played well at and I was excited this year unfortunately didn't have my best stuff my swing wasn't quite there um that week but uh you know able to just try to rebound quickly and know we got a bunch more opportunities to compete coming up and that's kind of our biggest focus right now is kind of uh, rebounding here 
Yes, but with podcasts, we like to look at everything, including going way back, if you will. I don't want to go too far back on this next question to last year and the playoff that uh, you, you, you ended up in in the regionals, a four-person playoff, and then, and then you get into the NCAA tournament, which was fantastic. Um, you, did you think you were out and then you had to be called back because of the double bogey by the SMU golfer uh, on 18? Yeah, correct. Um, I was, I knew I was in contention, um, kind of from, uh, Coach Ray Harding was walking with me probably the last three, four holes there, uh, that day. Um, so I kind of had a sense I was close. Um, I kind of thought our team was out of it just kind of based on the vibes I got from him. And I just knew probably every shot matters in that moment. Um, didn't quite get the putts drop coming in thinking I needed a couple more shots. Um, I'm just seeing lunch with our guys afterwards, kind of updating the leaderboard and uh sure enough uh no good one i think he is uh has web.com to his ass now he's a great player mm-hmm. um and i make a double bogey in last hole, which gave me a chance to get in that playoff and uh well he was able to take advantage but um it was definitely uh, a memory i'll have for a long long time and uh something i'll never forget and it was a really fun experience to be a part of last year i gotta ask you about this new tv show on netflix where they're following golfers around it's in the same format as the Formula One, F1, The Drive to Survive, and I can't remember the title of this one, but it's following guys around uh, a docu- a live documentary style, I guess you could say, with the PGA Tour pros. Have you had a chance to see that that documentary? Yeah, uh, it's called Full Swing on Netflix. For yeah. anyone that hasn't uh, seen it. So, um, I've only gotten a couple episodes in, um, just kind of seeing a lot of highlights and stuff on social media. Yeah. But, uh, it's a pretty cool, like, kind of look into what professional golf looks like. Um, it's uh, it's funny because a lot of the characters they have on there are, you know, they're flying private jets and they're like making a ton of money. And but there's a lot of guys in professional golf that are they're grinding in the back of coach and they're buying every week to try to just make a cut and gain some status somewhere. Um, so what you'll see on there is probably not quite what uh, everyone experiences in the professional golf world, but uh, it is a cool look into kind of the preparation and the hard work that kind of all those top players in the world that kind of look into, and it's easy to kind of draw some inspiration from that. Yeah. Yeah. As a follow-up, I, I wanted to ask you how real it was number one. And you just answered that. I, I know it was funny because the uh, Ian Poulter, you know, he's in his forties and he's hanging on and he's, he's flying, you know, you, you they kind of portray it like he's down and out and on his way out and he doesn't want to be, but the next thing you know, his family is getting on this private jet and he's worth 30 some million dollars. Um, yeah. it humanizes the golfer though, at the pro level, it really does because the, the one I got through Ian Poulter, but the one before that was Brooks Kepka, and you know, where he's yeah. once on top of the world. Now he's struggling and it really shows that. And I just kind of wanted to ask you as a guy who's about ready to try to get into that world, you know, how realistic is that? I mean, it really shows how much hard work it can be and how crazy the game of golf can be, even with professionals, not just us hackers on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the biggest thing in golf is it's funny because you're only as good as your next your next tournament. Um, like, what are you? How can you improve on an everyday level to be able to prepare for the next tournament? So, obviously, Brooks he was lighting the world on fire in 2017, 2018, won four major championships. Ian Poulter was a stud uh, for the Ryder Cup for Europe side, kind of through the 2010s there. Um, but I mean, golf. Uh, ridiculously hard game um you have to kind of remind yourself every day when you're um playing at such a high competitive level but um it can go fast so it's like 
you're only as good as your next tournament. And I think that's kind of what we kind of talk about as a team here is just like trying to make a little small contribution every day. Can we get 1% better in our games every day? Um, just to overall uh, become a better golfer, better person, and just to be able to kind of get to where we want to go. We will continue to follow uh, Carson Berry through his uh, ensuing career. And one way to keep following Carson and all former student athletes and other great stories within Oregon State, it's in the Beaver Lodge, the Beaver Lodge newsletter for updates, events, and fun from your favorite university. Stay in the know with Beaver Lodge at or OregonState.org slash Beaver Lodge as we continue on this week's edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast with Carson Berry. Carson, you mentioned the the Nationals again, and for a third straight year, they'll be at Greyhawk. I wanted to get your thoughts about that course, which you've played at with the team two years ago. What a tremendous accomplishment. First time since uh, 2010, I believe, in going to the Nationals as a team last year as an individual, you guys feel like with your lineup and all of that, that you can make a run at postseason and maybe even get there again, if not as a team, as an individual? Oh, yeah, absolutely we can. Um, I think uh, the biggest, like our biggest goal is making players a team. Um, we've got uh, we've got 10 talented guys on the roster. Um, doesn't matter who's playing every tournament. We believe that we can team up with the best. And uh, I think that's kind of our biggest preaching point right now is, uh, you know, bringing up that belief in each other and making sure we're all staying positive in that. We've had, we haven't played our best golf yet this year, so we know it's still left in the tank. And I think that's the beauty of, uh, of college golf is if we can just make it into regionals, it's just one tournament, it's three rounds of golf. And if we can put our best stuff together at the right time, um, we can make a run for sure. Carson, what do you make of in, in hoping to get another opportunity at Greyhawk? How does that course play? How does it fit your game? Uh, it's tough. It's a tough track. Um, I think it's. I think it fits my game well. Some of my strengths are uh, uh, some my iron play. So if you're able to kind of get it off, get it off the tee, get the ball in the fairway down there, keep it out of the desert, and uh, you can kind of attack because. The greens are—they get them really firm down there, and the rough is so long; it's become so hard to be able to hold greens down there. And uh, which we kind of got a taste of at the Prestige here a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always kind of nice to play a course kind of similar to that, get a little prep for that. And but if I get the opportunity again, I think it fits my game well, and uh, I know I've had some success there in the past. And uh, it's just fun to be able to compete for a national championship against the best players in the world. John asked you, I think, earlier about. Uh, the playoff and and persevering and surviving a two two holes par four forty four four thirty nine par fours on both of them and you advance and survive that. I think I heard you say in a conversation with Hank Hager or somebody, was it during that time about one hundred and seven degrees? And how how do you how do you like playing in conditions like that, such as you get in in Scottsdale and had last year down there? Similar temperatures, I would think. Yeah, um, I don't mind it. You kind of, you kind of get used to it, um, and you you know what you're kind of getting into. Uh, from what we've had in the spring, I'm kind of looking forward to some warm weather here. <laughs> but uh, you know, warm weather's nice. Uh, you're wearing less layers. Your the ball's going farther. It's just easy to compress the golf ball. Um, but the biggest thing is just kind of staying hydrated out there and uh, making sure you're 
ready to go to compete. Honestly, um, doesn't make a huge difference to me, but uh, it sure is. Uh, it sure beats uh, forty degrees out here in Columbus right now. <laughs> I think that was during the same time that the the, the baseball tournament yes. was going on in yes. Scottsdale. I know Mike chronicled the heat very well on the radio for yeah, those games, yeah. and and uh, just listening to it and thinking about you guys down there um, trying to play some golf. Speaking of Scottsdale and golf, Mike and I on, on our local show here in the Mid Valley have been talking recently. Not anymore, but it came up. The 16th hole at the Waste Management. Neither of us really realize what a phenomenon it is. Are you, what's your take on that? When, if you've ever played it, well, obviously you would, you would play the course, but I don't know what, what the structure of. But if you were to be in a tournament when it's really a college uh, tailgate party, what's your thought on yeah. 16 at, at uh, Waste Management? Um, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool for golf. Um, cause I think so much of the perception of golf, uh, is kind of just a boring old person sport. Um, and kind of over the years, it's kind of become euthanized a little bit, but, uh, with the six feet down there, it's kind of become a phenomenon in the last probably five years or so. Um, it's just kind of a big party down there from what I've seen. Um, I've never been able to go, but, uh, the funny thing about the hole is, Without the grandstands there, I've heard it's just uh, kind of a benign par three, no different than what you'd probably see at Tristan Tree. <laughs> just 160 mm-hmm. yards, probably nine or eight iron. And, um, but throw a bunch of grandstands down there, and there's probably <laughs> 50,000 people around, and uh, it comes really cool. And kind of at the end of the day, at that high level of golf, it's kind of become it's becoming an entertainment business. And uh, I think that's kind of what they're shooting for down there. But I, I think it's really cool and good for golf. It kind of just attracts more people and some interest in the beginning. A few more minutes with uh, Carson Berry, our guest on this week's edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. I want to ask you, because John mentioned baseball, and I was calling baseball before we close, I, I follow you enough to get a sense that you like the sport and you like the Mariners, so I want to get to that in a minute. But, Carson, the the one of the things you mentioned in your bio that's online, that when you made the decision to come to Oregon State, you were excited to work with not only Coach Rehorn, but Associate Head Coach Noah Goldman. And I'm just wondering over the years with Noah, with John, but just how it is coaches at Oregon State have helped you uh, develop, refine, work on your game. And you mentioned Noah specifically. Tell us a little bit about that relationship, if you would. Yeah, um, they're both they've both been awesome. Um, kind of when I was going through the coding, recruiting process, uh, Coach Rehorn was kind of a big uh, decision factor for me to come here. And uh, kind of right as I think it was my senior year of high school, um, Coach Goldman took the assistant coach job here. And so we were able to talk to him over the phone and then got to know him my freshman year. Um, but they've both been amazing. Um, they've made my four and a half years so far here like uh, just perfect. I couldn't have asked for anything better. Um, and with uh, Coach Goldman, he's really good for uh, – kind of some technical stuff. He's played golf at a high level. Same with Coach Rehorn. Um, but he's more kind of in tune to that. Uh, Coach Rehorn helps us a lot with uh, kind of game management um, on the golf course. And they've both been not only coaches, but great friends. Um, they've both had nonstop belief in myself, even when I wasn't playing my best golf early on the first couple of years uh, here in Corvallis. So uh, I couldn't thank them enough for what they've done uh, for me and the program. And it's just been amazing to be a part of for sure. Carson, what you're close. Again, we discussed this uh, a little bit before we even started the podcast about where you want to go, uh, perhaps the Canadian Q School and eventually PGA. 
Q school and then and then on from there. What makes the difference between a really good, like an upper level NCAA tournament qualifying golfer and a pro? Is it between the ears? Yeah, it's definitely um, probably those five inches between your ears. Uh, <laughs> honestly, like every time I play out uh, or play with like just a really good player in college, it's like, man, my game's not any different than they are. They're just so confident in what they're doing out there. They have so much conviction in every shot and what they're doing. And it's just kind of a great reminder for me to kind of be about that. And uh, really just the belief in yourself at the highest level is uh, so huge because um, golf can become such a mental thing and um, can turn so quickly. And so to keep that confidence high and that belief in yourself high is uh, really huge and kind of separates um, kind of those wannabe professionals and the kind of the top players in the world for sure. Well, and actually I was thinking of you as the really good player NCAA tournament qualifier as the example, and you, you mentioned when you're playing with other great players, which is which is fine. That's nice. But um, it's funny because you, you watch guys tee off at a pro tournament. They get announced. There's a huge crowd. The gallery lines the tee box all the way down and to where the fairway starts. And I think there's no way I would ever get up there or, or, or most amateurs could ever get up there and not want to think, you know, this could go off the toe and chunk someone in the head. So... <laughs> I, I would I would imagine that pros are just so good, it's so automatic that never enters their mind because they know they're gonna <laughs> they're not gonna do that, right? For sure, yeah. I think kind of at that point you get kind of so used to the crowds. Um, I think honestly, I haven't really had like many opportunities to play in front of like hundreds of people, maybe like hundred people tops. Um, so I think that would be a really cool experience to kind of be able to do that at some point. Um, but I think kind of once you get to that level, it's all just so muscle memory, and you know where the ball is going, and um, it's it's probably not even a factor in a lot of their minds. Carson, uh, I want to talk to you about some marketing stuff you've been involved with with respect to your degree, and in light of that, uh, we want to thank BECU, Oregon State, and BECU have teamed up celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title IX this year. The campaign focuses on celebrating the stories of great women student-athletes at Oregon State throughout the years. You can hear these stories at osubeavers.com. We had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Mary Budke and having her on recently as a podcast guest. You were involved in your, uh, from what I've read, in your marketing degree uh, from Oregon State, and now you're working on a master's in data analytics. Good for you. But that you help produce videos, marketing videos for men's and women's golf. How much involvement did you have, and how much of a kick did you get out of that? Oh yeah, it was fun to be a part of. Um, it's just nice to kind of uh, you know gain some experience. Um, you know, you you're in the classroom so much, um, and you're just learning and taking in as much as you can, and kind of just to put some of those um, actionable stuff that I've learned over the like through my marketing degree. Uh, it was fun to be a part of, and uh, thanks to. Matt Kagna in uh, the OC Beaver Nation office, and I worked with him on to create a couple videos for us to send out to our donors and just to kind of send our appreciation to them. And uh, it's kind of just fun to be a part of that and put some actionable efforts uh, into it. And uh, hopefully it kind of made a difference and meant something to those people that we sent it to. Kind of winding things down, but I uh, want to get personal. What is the most fun you've ever had? Was it playing some famous course in Ireland or, or the tournament last year? What, what's the most fun you've had in golf or not the most, but you know, right up there that you can think of right away. 
Oh gosh. Um, Man, I probably always come back to the national championship a couple of years ago, uh, just making it there with our team. And I ended up playing really, really good. Probably some of the best golf I put together. Um, and that was just really fun to be a part of. Kind of, you know, making there as a team after after we had made it in probably ten plus years, and kind of doing it with those guys after the COVID um, cancellation. Um, we knew we deserved to be there, and we had a really talented group. And it was just fun to kind of uh, make that achievement with those guys. And uh, obviously the, for fun rounds when we get to go play really cool places in New York or uh, like stuff like that, it, it's awesome. But being able to compete in the highest level is kind of, you know, why we're all here. And uh, that's, that's the most fun to me. That's a great answer. Your uh, bachelor's degree in marketing now working on a master's in data analytics for John and for me, that only means uh, statistics in baseball or football <laughs> or basketball or whatever. Yeah. But you're, you've got data analytics going on, may have some application to sports, but how, how are you liking that? And you want to play the sport of golf as long as you possibly can, but between marketing, the masters you're getting in data analytics, Carson, do you kind of have a mind and, a, 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 and an attitude toward what you might do along with golf as your years go along? Yeah, Um I've always enjoyed uh, numbers, and that's kind of what drew me to uh, data analytics. Um, and just to be able to kind of work with that, and uh, it kind of pairs the best with marketing, just kind of be able to understand, like, your consumers and kind of work through that whole thing. Uh, oh, boy, you know, the details. But uh, um, I've always enjoyed numbers and math, and I think that kind of always piqued my interest with uh golf and now kind of getting into baseball now too. Um, so I would like to work in sports someday, hmm. uh, kind of working in data analytics and uh, maybe even coaching possibly too. I could see myself getting into that as well. Excellent. You said baseball. I heard you just say it kind of getting into baseball. <laughs> There's That's a wide open field with all of the emphasis on analytics within that sport. I see on your Twitter feed, you tweet about the Mariners from time to time. Have you always been a fan of them? Always been a baseball fan or getting more into it or what? No, I've, uh, I honestly, in high school, I thought baseball was super dumb and I like never got the interest <laughs> into it. Um, and then coming to college, uh, my roommate, Sean on the team, uh, is a diehard Mariners fan. So, you know, I watched some games with him and got more into it. Um, honestly played baseball on the Xbox and that like really got me into it and I just found it fascinating and understanding kind of like how much numbers are actually involved in it. And that's what really kind of piqued my interest. Hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I kind of became a Mariners fan the last couple of years with Sean and, uh, we've been tracking everything, uh, watching spring training now and, uh, excited for the season to get going for sure. I love that answer because of the, the honesty of it. I mean, honestly, you said, no, I didn't like it, but I started to, (laughs) and then I could see what I do like in it, which is numbers. That is a lot of ways how people come to new things in sports. For sure, yeah. Um, that was really the big reason why I was just like, I had never never played it. I would always play golf uh, growing up, and that was kind of my thing, and never gave it a shot. But, uh, yeah, I found a great interest in it, and Coach Ray Holly loves Mariners, too, so I still have a little group <laughs> chat. Send any uh, Mariners articles or updates or tweets, so uh, it's kind of fun to have a new interest now, and uh, uh, and it was really cool to watch them make the playoffs last year. Yeah, I was going to say, Carson, in your new newly found love and interest and analytics crunch, are they equipped to get back, in your opinion, to the playoffs this year? Gosh, I would hope so. <laughs> uh, kind of kept all the pitchers around, um, added a couple bats. 
Um, I'm hoping my boy Jared Kelnick will kind of mm-hmm. have a breakout season here. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally bought his jersey probably a year ago or so. We went to a game with Sean, and uh, nice. I think like a week later they sent him down to AAA, and I was just distraught. Um, but I think they will. Um, I, I'd be really shocked if they did, honestly, but uh, it'll be exciting, exciting to watch. Well, I hear good things about how his spring is going, how his offseason went, and that sport, too. I mean, you're talking about trying to make contact with the ball consistently, much as in your sports, as Sam Sneed used to say, well, baseball's easier because in golf you have to play your foul balls. <laughs> That's one of the great lines ever, and it's true. Do you see any applicability at all when you watch swing paths and arcs and people trying to develop a consistent pattern? Do you see anything visually like that? Are you more into the numbers, or do you see some things? Eh, you know, I, I might even be able to swing a bat well because I've swung a golf club all my life. Oh, gosh, I can never play baseball. Um, <laughs> I do find some comparables in, like, the in the work ethic and the kind of understanding of, like, game plans of, like, with the data analytics. Like, for us on our team, we'll have, like, dispersion of, like, all the shots that we've hit. And, like, that will give us the best target on the golf course to pick. And so that's kind of similar to them saying, like, hey, these guys are pull heavy. Like, that with the band and the shift is a little different, but that was kind of a big thing the last couple of years. And so I definitely see some similarities in that, but I, I couldn't swing that. that that's got to be the hardest thing in sports okay. in a fastball. Carson, you're, you're excelling and prospering in your sport of choice, though. We're going to follow your career the rest of uh, this spring and, and beyond. It's been a pleasure to watch your career unfold here. Thank you for taking time for us on this podcast. Good luck the rest of the way, and hope to see you and the guys back in regionals and nationals. Thanks for taking time, Carson. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. You guys have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Carson Berry, this week's guest. And yeah, he he is already, Johnny, he's mm-hmm. already uh, gotten his degree. Right. And he's getting his master's. You can move up in your own career by getting your Oregon State, uh, State degree online. I'm not just saying that to you, John. I'm saying it to everybody <laughs> because there's over 100-plus programs available, business, computer science, natural resources, Data analytics, perhaps. You can explore them all. Check it out at ecampus.oregonstate.edu. Ecampus is actually, uh, every so often I'll hear, it's one, it's one of the top uh, in the country, at Oregon State's ecampus. No, it's, I believe it. Yeah. They do a tremendous job with a commitment to it. And finally, just our thanks to Carson. A lot of great information there, and I feel like we could unpack a lot of things with his his newfound love of baseball and how he... The whole, I thought it was just a dumb game, and now he's into it total. That's a good story, and you were right to draw him out on that. But all of uh, our conversations with student-athletes, former student-athletes every week, made possible in part by our friends at your local Toyota dealers and OSU Beavers Mobile. It's an app you need to navigate the, the world of all things Oregon State Athletics. OSU Beavers Mobile, available now for free in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. You'll experience discounts, great deals, and have the opportunity to win exclusive prizes and participate in app-only game activations thanks to OSU Beavers Mobile. Be sure to download the app today thanks to your local Toyota dealers. Johnny, That's we're, we're good. A lot of fun, really good conversation with Carson Berry, Oregon State Men's Golf, and uh, they're headed to Bandon Dunes next up. In fact, they're taking on an Idaho team. He's from Eagle, Idaho, so maybe he's got a little extra in the tank for that one. 
that will wrap it up again for Mike. I'm John, and we will be with you again next week for another edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. This has been the Beaver Sports Podcast, presented by the Fearless Campaign in partnership with Toyota. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Beaver Sports Network. <laughs>